Article 149, Indirect Assaults, the penalty of prison correctional in its minimum and medium periods and a fine not exceeding 500 pesos shall be imposed upon any person who shall make use of force or intimidation upon any person coming to the aid of the authorities or their agents on occasion of the commission of any of the crimes defined in the next preceding article. Elements. That a person in authority or his agent is the victim of any oh, yeah. of the forms of direct elements defined in Article 148. Okay. That a person comes to the aid of such authority or his agent. That the offender makes use of force or intimidation upon such person coming to the aid of the authority or his agent. Indirect assault can be committed only when a direct assault is also committed. One, Article 149 says... Article 149. Article 149 says, On occasion of the commission of any of the crimes defined in the next preceding article, Article 148. Hence, indirect assault can be committed only when direct assault is also committed. Is there a crime of indirect assault if a private individual who is aiding a policeman in making a lawful arrest is attacked by the person to be arrested? It cannot be indirect assault because the policeman who is being aided is not a victim of direct assault. The policeman is in the performance of duty is the crime direct assault? While it is true that under Section 10, Rule of 113 of the Rules of Court, every person summoned by an officer making a lawful arrest shall aid him in the making of such arrest. Yet the private individual in such case is not an agent of a person in authority because he is not coming to the aid of a person in authority. A policeman being an agent of a person in authority under Article 152, Paragraph 2. Hence, the agent is not direct assault. Hence, the crime is not direct assault. The person attacked not being an agent of a person in authority. May suggest ko, itangkid. Kung, kung matsyag, new do may stress, kaya nalang kitang obrawin, pwede mataguro mag-comment-comment ah. Pero hindi man boring. Private individual is a family. Okay. The offended party in indirect assaults may be private person. It will be noted that article... Ako man gitna? Okay. It will be noted that article 149 states that the use of force or intimidation must be made upon any person coming to the aid of the authorities or their agents. A private person who comes to the rescue of an authority or his agent enjoys the privileges of the latter, and any person who uses force or intimidation upon such person under circumstances is guilty of attentado or assault under Article 149. Article 150, National Assembly. Its committees or subcommittees 
by the constitutional commissions, its committees, subcommittees, or divisions. The penalty of arresto mayor or a fine ranging from 200 to 1,000 pesos or both such fine and imprisonment shall be imposed upon any person who, having been duly summoned to attend as a witness before the National Assembly, its special or standing committees and subcommittees, the constitutional commissions and its committees, subcommittees or divisions, or before any commission or committees, refuses without legal excuse to obey such summons or being present before any such legislative or constitutional body or official refuses to be sworn or legal inquiry or to produce any books papers, documents, or records in his possession when required to by them to do so in the exercise of their functions who shall restrain another from attending as a witness or who shall induce disobedience to a summons or refusal to be sworn by any such acts punished as disobedience to Congress or its committee or constitutional commission by refusing without legal excuse to obey summons of Congress, its special or standing committee and subcommittees, the constitutional commissions and its committees, subcommittees or divisions, or by any commission or committee chairman or member authorized to summon witnesses. Authorized to summon witnesses. By refusing to be sworn or placed under affirmation while being before such legislative or constitutional body or official. By refusing to answer any legal inquiry or to produce any books, papers, documents, or records in his possession when required by them to do so, in the exercise of their function. By restraining another from attending as a witness in such legislative or constitutional body. By in be sworn by any such body or official. The National Assembly is now the Congress of the Philippines consisting of the Senate and the House of Representatives. Refuses without legal excuse to obey such summons or to answer any legal inquiry or to produce any books, papers, documents, or records in his possession. The phrase without legal excuse in this article indicates that only disobedience without legal excuse is punishable. Hence, Article 150 may not apply when the papers or documents may be used in evidence against the owner thereof because it would be equivalent to compelling him to be witness against himself. When required by them to do so in the exercise of their functions, the testimony of the person summoned must be upon matters into which Congress has jurisdiction to inquire. Thus, the investigation of a crime with a view to prepare the way for a court action does not come under the province of any committee 
of the House or Senate for the power to investigate and prosecute a crime is vested by law in the prosecuting authorities of the government. But when the investigation is for the purpose of passing a legislative measure, such investigation comes under the province of the committee of the House or Senate. Refusing to answer any legal inquiry, when Arnold refused to divulge the identity of the person to whom he gave an amount of 440,000 pesos, whose identity the Senate investigating committee believed him to know, the Senate pronounced him guilty of contempt and ordered his imprisonment until he would be willing to identify such person. Hence, any of the any of the acts punished by Article 150 may also constitute contempt of the national. The court may take action not amounting to a release of a prisoner of Congress. Any action not amounting to a release of a prisoner committed by committed by the Senate to prison taken by the executive or judicial department with respect to such prisoner in the legitimate discharge of its function is not impairment of the doctrine of distribution of government powers. Highlight distribution of government powers. The fact that a person is a prisoner of the Senate or the House does not exclude other departments during his incarceration for their spheres in much the same way that a prisoner by judgment of a court of justice is not placed beyond the reach of the legislature and the executive to summon for examination and to allow in relation to the investigation to go anywhere under guard to get such evidence as the investigator or the prisoner might deem important. Reasons for the provision of Article 150 and the, pow the power of inquiry with process to enforce it is an essential and appropriate auxiliary to the legislative functions. Experience has shown that merely requests for certain information are often unavailing, and also that information which is volunteered is not always accurate or complete. So some means of it. Period of imprisonment for contempt during inquiries in aid of legislation is not indefinite. The period of imprisonment under the inherent power of contempt by the Senate during inquiries in aid of legislation should only last until the termination of the legislative inquiry under which the said power is invoked. In our note, it was stated that, the, that obedience to its process may be enforced by the Senate committee if the subject of investigation before it was within the range of legisla legitimate legislative inquiry. And the proposed testimony called relates to that subject. Accordingly, as long as there is legitimate legislative inquiry, the inherent power of contempt by the Senate may be properly exercised. Conversely, 
once the said legislative inquiry concludes, the exercise of inherent power of contempt ceases and there is no more genuine necessity to penalize the detained witness. Article 151. Resistance and disobedience to a person in authority or the agents of such person. The penalty of arrest for mayor and a fine not exceeding 100,000 pesos shall be imposed upon any person shall resist or seriously disobey any person in authority or the agents of such person while engaged in the performance of official duties. When the obedience to an agent of a person in authority is not of a serious nature, the penalty of arrest menor or a fine ranging from 2,000 pesos to 20,000 pesos shall be imposed upon the offender. Elements of resistance and serious disobedience. First, that a person in authority or his agent is engaged in the performance of official duty or gives a lawful order to the offender. That the offender resists or seriously disobeys such person in authority or his agent. Third, that the act of the offender is not included in the provisions of Articles 148, 149, and 150. Concept of the offense of resistance and disobedience. The, the juridical concept of the crime of resistance and disobedience to a person in authority or his agents consists in a failure to comply with orders directly issued by the authorities in the exercise of their official duties. Failure to comply with legal provisions of a general character or with judicial decisions merely declaratory of rights or obligations or violations or prohibitory decisions do not constitute the crime of disobedience. While engaged in the performance of official duties, the phrase indicates the rule that in the crime of resistance and disobedience, the person in authority or the agent of such person must be in the actual performance of his duties. This is so because there can be no resistance or disobedience when there is nothing to resist or disobey. But when a person in authority or his agent is in the performance of his duty or gives an order and the performance of duty is resisted or the order is disobeyed, then the crime is committed. Performance of duty. The disobedience contemplated consists in the failure or refusal to obey a direct order from the authority or his agent. Facts. Um, sorry. U.S. versus Ramayrat. Facts. In the writ of execution issued, the justice of the peace directed the sheriff to place the plaintiff in possession of the land involved in the complaint and to make return of the writ to the court. The accused was not willing to deliver the plaintiff the land as he was directed to do by the sheriff. Was the accused guilty of disobedience? 
held, the accused who was in possession of the land may have been unwilling to deliver it, but such unwillingness does not constitute an act of disobedience. The disobedience contemplated consists in the failure or refusal to obey a direct order. A writ of execution issued by the court directing the sheriff to place the plaintiff in possession of the property held by the defendant is not an order addressed to the defendant. It is addressed to the sheriff. The duty of the sheriff in this case was to place the proper person in possession. Instead of doing so, the sheriff merely ordered the defendant to deliver the property. A person cannot be guilty of disobedience to an order which is not addressed to him. Mm -hmm. right. The accused would have been guilty of the offense had he refused to surrender possession of the property to the sheriff himself. Upon demand, therefore, in order that the sheriff himself might give possession to the person entitled thereto as indicated in the writ. The reason for the concurring opinion is that if the sheriff himself gave the order to the defendant to vacate the premises to comply with the writ of execution, such order of the sheriff would be a direct order from him. To the accused must have knowledge that the person arresting him is a person in authority. Before a person can be held guilty of the crime of resistance or disobedience to a person in authority or the agent of such person, it must be shown beyond reasonable doubt that, that the accused knew that the person he disobeyed or resisted is a person in authority or the agent of such person who is actually engaged in the performance of his duties. Thus, in a case where the accused thought that the persons arresting him were bandits, since they did not identify themselves and state beforehand their mission, it was held that his resistance did not constitute an offense. Justified resistance. The action of the accused in laying his hands on the custom secret agent who had no right to make the search was an adequate defense to repel the aggression of the latter who had seized him by the arm for the purpose of searching him. The accused was not subject to search because when the customs authorities permitted him to land in Manila, he ceased to be a passenger liable to search. Example of resistance and serious disobedience. The case of U.S. versus Tamiana, where the accused struck the policeman on the breast with a fist when the latter was arrested Arresting the said accused is an example of resistance and serious disobedience. The policeman was in the performance of his duty when he was arresting the accused. The violent refusal of the accused to be arrested made him liable under paragraph one of article 151. Elements of simple disobedience, paragraph two. That an agent of a person in authority is engaged in the performance of official duty or gives a lawful order to the offender. Number two, that the offender disobeys such great uh, such agent of a person in authority.
that such disobedience is not of a serious nature. When the obedience to an agent of a person in authority, in view of the phrase in the second paragraph of Article 151, it is clear that in simple disobedience, the offended party must be only an agent of a person in authority. The act of lying on the road and refusing the, uh, the act of lying on the road and refusing, despite the order of the PC major, to get out therefrom constitute the crime of simple disobedience. It is unquestionable that Major Emiliano Rakidan of the Philippine Constabulary was an agent of a person in authority, that the order he issued for the strikers to clear the road so as to maintain free passage thereon pertained particularly to his duty as a peace officer to maintain peace and order, and that for, the, for disobedience or resistance to said order committed in his presence, he had the right to arrest or cause the arrest of the offenders. The defendant's appellants, having obstructed the free passage along the road from the National Highway to the plant of the Coca-Cola in Carlatan by lying on the road forming roadblocks, Major Rakidan had authority to order them to clear said road so as to allow free passage thereon. And defendants' appellants having refused to obey said order, their arrest was in order. It cannot be said that because they did nothing but lie on the road, they had no criminal intent to violate, violate the law. For it was the very act of lying on the road and refusing to get out therefrom, as ordered by Major Rakidan, so as not to obstruct the free passage on said road that constitute the crime of resistance and disobedience to agents of the authorities with which they are charged. Picketing must be lawful. Republic Act Number 3600 in its Section 2 provides, Section 2, it shall be unlawful for any commanding officer or troop in the armed forces of the Philippines or individual soldier or any member thereof or any peace officer and or armed person to bring in, introduce, or escort in any manner any person who seeks to replace strikers in entering and or leaving the premises of a strike area to work in place of the strikers. The act shall be interpreted to prevent any commanding officer or troops in the armed forces of the Philippines or any member thereof any peace officer from taking any measure necessary to maintain peace and order and or protect life and property. In the Makapuno case, there was no peaceful picketing. RA number 3600 does not prevent any peace officer from taking any measure necessary to maintain peace and order and or to protect life and property. Picketing is a legitimate means of economic coercion if it is confined to persuasion. If it is free from molestation or threat of physical injury or annoyance, and if there exists some lawful justification for its existence, it is lawful if it is it is lawful if it does not have an immediate tendency to intimidation of the other party to con to the con it is lawful if it does not have an immediate tendency to intimidation of the other party to the controversy or to obstruct 
free passage such as the streets afford consistent with the rights of others to enjoy the same privilege. However, picketing carried on with violence, intimidation, or coercion, or so conducted as to amount to a nuisance, is unlawful. Picketing may be considered a nuisance if it constitutes an obstruction to the free use of property so as substantially to interfere with the comfortable enjoyment of life or property, or if it is or if it constitutes an unlawful obstruction to the free passage or use in the customary manner of a street. The order must be lawful. The order given must be lawful. Otherwise, the resistance is justified. Thus, when a policeman was absent during the fight, he had no right to arrest the man who had wounded the other because he might have wounded him in self-defense. The resistance put up by the man to the arrest was justified. The order of the policeman that the man should submit to the arrest was not lawful. One who lawfully resists the meddling by a policeman with one's private business affairs cannot be convicted of resistance against an agent of authority. The disobedience should not be of a serious nature. If the disobedience to an agent of a person in authority is of a serious nature, the offender should be punished under the first paragraph of article direct assault distinguished from resistance or serious disobedience. In direct assault, the person in authority or his agent must be engaged in performance of official duties or that he is assaulted by reason thereof. But in resistance, in comparison siguro ni sa direct assault, the person in authority or his agent must be in actual performance of his duties. Direct assault in the second form is committed in four ways. First, by attacking. B. Second, by employing force, third, by seriously intimidating, and fourth, by seriously resisting a person in authority or his agent. Resistance or serious disobedience is committed only by resisting or seriously disobeying a person in authority or his agent. In both direct assault, by resisting an agent of a person in authority and resistance against an agent of a person in authority, there is force employed, but the use of force in resistance is not so serious. So as there is no manifest intention to defy the law and the officers enforcing it. The attack or employment of force, which gives rise to the crime of direct assault, must be serious and deliberate. Otherwise, even a case of simple resistance to an arrest which always requires the use of force of some kind would constitute direct assault and the lesser offense of resistance or disobedience in Article 151 would entirely disappear. But when the one resisted in but when the one resisted is a person in authority, the use of any kind of the kind or degree of force will give rise to direct assault. So if no force is employed by the offender in resisting or disobeying a person in authority, the crime committed is resistance or serious disobedience under the first paragraph of Article 151. Shall resist or seriously disobey. The word seriously in the phrase quoted is not used to describe resistance because if the offender seriously resisted, resisted a person in authority or his agent, the crime is direct assault. So when the attack or employment of force is not deliberate, 
the crime is only resistance or disobedience. This is so because the offender has no intent to ignore, disregard, or defy the authorities of or his agent. Thus, in a case where the court issued a writ of injunction ordering the accused not to enter the land in dispute, and the sheriff told him not to enter the land, but the accused, who claimed that he was the owner of the land, with his right hand on the handle of his bolo, advanced with rapid strides towards the sheriff. And the chief of police then present intercepted the accused, grabbed his hand as he was about to unsheath his bolo, and wrested the bolo from the accused who was resisting. It was held that the accused was guilty of simple disobedience and was sentenced to pay a fine of 25 pesos. Same ang fine sa Imojar? Oh, 25 man. I see. In the case of People versus Baisa, where the accused in the heat of the moment and under the impulse of obfuscation pulled the hand of a barrier lieutenant causing him to fall to the ground. It was held that he was guilty of resistance and serious disobedience under Article 151, not direct assault. The reason for this ruling is that the employment of force by the accused was not deliberate. In the case of People versus Beloso, where the accused bit a policeman on the right forearm and gave him a blow in another part of the body, which severely injured the policeman, and it required two policemen to subdue him. It was held that he was guilty of resistance and serious disobedience and was sentenced to imprisonment for two months and one day, plus a 200 peso fine. In this case, the attack and employment of force were not deliberate. 200 man ang fine jar. Oo. I think kagapon, ay ising nagligad na daw lain ang price sa akon, lain mo ng price sa binabasa. Or basa sa book to ni Roche. Ang example, ang pinaka ang, ang pinaka-updated nga lain sa binabasa mo, sa binabasa ko is ang fine nga ginamention mismo sa provision. Mm. Pero ang mga case example ya, updated na. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, okay lang. So, mm-hmm. you can just, ano, you need to check ang provision kung updated pa. Ano na? Ito lang? Ito lang? 10 kagang 100. Oo. Ano na? Ang updated ya is 2,000 to 20,000 pesos. Amo na. Amo na. Agitin nga lang. O siling ko dolain. As amended by RA 10951. Pero don't don't worry about this. Kaya notice ko yung PB. Okay lang siya. Mm. Okay. Balaan niya balabisan siya guru daan man niya libro ginabasa niya kaya siya di ba mag-refer sa audio po niya mga presyo. Muna. So, namin ni no, may indifferentiate niya kung ano ang basahan ko palang niliwat karon ron. differentiate niya gid ang article, ang direct assault kag resistance or, mm. or serious disobedience. Disobedience. There is something about serious and deliberate so, we need to take focus to that. Uh-oh. Anyway, dire na ta sa Article 152. Article 152. Persons in authority and agents of persons in authority. Actually, ang ginapangayo ni Pibigapon nga description, even if na-mention sa my previous mga pages. Ara, siya sa 148, Gapon? Oo. Pero ari na pinaka-ano, ang definition. Ari mm-hmm. 
Article 152 are person, persons in authority and agents of persons in authority who shall be deemed as such in applying the provisions of the preceding and other articles of this code and a person directly vested with jurisdiction, whether an individual or a member of some court or government corporation, board or commission shall be deemed a person in authority. A barangay captain and a barangay chairman shall also be deemed a person in authority. Any person who by direct provision of the law or by election or by appointment by competent authority is charged with the maintenance of public order and the protection and security of life and property, such as a barrio councilman, barrio policeman, and barangay leader. And any person who comes to the aid of persons in authority shall be deemed an agent of a person in authority. In applying the provisions of Article 148 and 151 of this code, teachers, professors, and persons charged with the supervision of public or duly recognized private schools, colleges, and universities, and lawyers in the actual performance of their official of their professional duties or on occasion of such performance shall be deemed persons in authority. A person in authority is one directly vested with jurisdiction. By directly vested with jurisdiction, it's meant the power and authority to govern and execute the laws. Highlight. The following are persons in authority. The municipal mayor. Division superintendent of schools. Wala nang gusto ko mag-joke. Wait, US versus Gumban. Paano man galing? Oh, oh no. No, I like. Oi, tawo isa, isa ko wala sa GC. Oh, sige. Screenshot, screenshot. Oh, screenshot ko. Division superintendent of schools. Public and private school teachers. A teacher nurse. President of Sanitary Division. Provincial Fiscal. Can mention niya in fairness. Uy, the person in authority man galit si PB, no? Uy, gosh. Justice of the Peace. Municipal Counselor. Barrio Captain and Barangay Chairman. To be an agent of a person in authority, one must be charged with, one, maintenance of a public order, two, the protection and security of life and property. Mm -hmm. Thus, a policeman or a constabulary soldier is an agent of a person in authority because he is charged with the maintenance of public order and the protection and security of life and property. The municipal treasurer is also such agent of a person in authority because in addition to the fact that he is a deputy ex officio of the provincial treasurer, a person in authority, he is charged with the protection and security of government property. Any person who comes to the aid of persons in authority is an agent of a person in authority. Professors of private colleges and university, etc., are persons in authority for the purpose of Articles 148 and 151. 
teachers, professors, and persons charged with the supervision of public or duly recognized private schools, colleges, and universities are deemed persons in authority in applying the provisions of Article 148 and Article 151. Are teachers, professors, etc., persons in authority for purposes of Article 149? The third paragraph of Article 152 states that in applying the provision of Article 148 and 151 of this code, they are persons in authority. But such a statement is not exclusive of Article 149, for it merely emphasizes the application of Article 148 and 151. The offender need not be a pupil or the parent of a pupil. The defense alleged that the, app the appellant cannot be accused of direct assault upon a person in authority because he is neither a pupil nor the parent of a pupil in the school where the complainant was teaching at the time of the attack, held the spirit and purpose behind Commonwealth Act number 578 is to give teachers protection, dignity, and respect while in the performance of their official duties. This protection extends not only against pupils or relatives of pupils, but against all persons who knowingly attacked a teacher while engaged in the performance of his official duties. Respect for a teacher is required of all persons, whether pupils, parents of pupils, or otherwise. If we are to uphold and enhance the dignity of the teaching profession, which is the law similarly enjoins upon all persons for the sake of the pupils and the profession itself. Siguro emphasis kita guro sa knowingly attack. Oo. Knowingly. Wow. Chapter 5, Public Disorders. Public Disorders. <laughs> okay, they are tumults and other disturbances of public order. Wait lang. Tumults, amo na ang ano, no? Sabihin again, ah? Ang tumultuous. Okay lang po, taka to. Um, disorder. Ang three or more da, di ba? Oo, it needs to be three or more. Yan. Or basit, basit lain ang term para tumult. Amo na, amo na root word yan. Wait lang. Double check ko lang. Tumultuous lang yun, no? Ay, hindi. Tumult. Loud, confused uh -huh. noise. Ah, gahod ni Shea. Lain pagigya kong tumultuous, three or more, as defined by law. Uh -huh. Oh, especially one caused by large mass of people. Oh, so, ang muna guro nga, nagahambal siya nga dapat three or more. Kaya kung mm -hmm. hindi siya, kung hindi siya three or more, hindi siya large mass. Three or more, gid man ang ginagamit, or more than three persons. Wait nga da. Three or more. Wait, nagigit screenshot. Yung story ano to last time, di ba? Lang kami sa conversation. O, ganit, no? Wait lang. Scroll back. Kin screenshot mo to or kin screenshot ko? Dogin copy-paste ko ata. Tumultuous. Caused by more than three persons. So, four. Diba? Parang, kiko kung balun mo more than three, dapat four, diba? Tapos, parang sila yung sanging gamit. Baka sila gasulat libro. Okay, basta muna. More than three. Hindi dako siya nga a large mass of people. So, going back, article, 
So my chapter 5 public disorders. Kumots um amuni sila ang what are the crimes classified under public disorder there are four number one is tumults and other disturbances of public order unlawful use of means of publication and unlawful utterances alarms and scandals delivering prisoners from jails article 153 tumults and other disturbances of public order Tumultuous disturbance or interruption liable to cause disturbance. The penalty of arresto mayor in its medium period to prison correctional in its minimum period and a fine not exceeding 200,000 pesos shall be imposed upon any person who shall cause any serious disturbance in a public place, office, or establishment. Or shall interrupt or disturb public performances, functions, or gatherings, or peaceful meetings, if the act is not included in the provision of Article 131 and 132. Arresto mayor is medium. one month, diba? Ay, medium. medium. Prison correctional or six mm. months, one day to six years. Okay, continue. The penalty next higher in degree shall be imposed upon persons causing any disturbance or interruption of a tumultuous character. The disturbance or interruption shall be deemed to be tumultuous if caused by more than three persons, arena, more than three persons who are armed or provided with means of violence. So, kung tumultuous lang, it is ano to? Aresto mayor. Pero kung aided siya sing armed or with means of violence dira na masulod si prison correctional in its medium form okay okay who are or or so dapat ang tumultuous hindi lang siya nagstop sa number of people oo hindi they are also armed and provided by means of violence violence uh next is the penalty of arresto mayor shall be imposed upon any person who in a meeting association or public space place shall make any outcry tending to incite rebellion or sedition or in such place shall display placards or emblems which provoke disturbance of public order the penalty of arresto menor and a fine not exceeding ano pilasimo 40000 about 200 lang din. 40,000 pesos shall be imposed upon those persons who in violation of the provisions contained in the last clause of Article 85 shall bury with pump the body of a person who has been legally executed. Huh? Mm, okay, mo. Sakto, sakto, sakto. Sakto. Um, wait lang ko. Ang Ay, ma-search na lang ko lang. Ano yung Article 85 man? Um, anong Article 85? Provisions related to the corpse of the person executed and its burial. So, there is sabi imposed upon persons who in violation of provisions contained in the last clause. Anong pump man? Bury with pump. 
<laughs> ceremony, splendid display at a public event. Hmm. Huh. Like, pumptuous, no a boastful. with pump, the body of a person. Oh, hindi mo kung pag Do hindi mo pag honor or celebrate. Oh. Hmm. Pump the body. Oh, weird man man. This is about public disturbance. A fine not exceeding 40,000 persons in violations of the last clause of 85. A bury with pump the body of a person. Because mm. it doesn't apply who has been legally executed. Oh. It's not a death penalty. Oh. It's a good question. It's a question. Na. <laughs> Sakto mm. na. Kung paano ka pa mag-perform ni Eh, wala naman sa legal execution now. Diba? Mm. Next. What are tumults and other disturbances of public order? There are four, there are five. Number one, causing any serious disturbances in public place, office, or establishment. Interrupting or disturbing performances, functions, or gatherings, or peaceful meetings in the act that is in the, if the act is not included in articles 131 and 132. Ay, religious. Ah. Peaceful meetings, no? Diba? Religious okay. gatherings. Yun din, sa ulo mo pa. Um, peaceful meetings, kag... Mm-hmm. Ano yung free ko ganyan? Act, act sa 131-132, ang sa may religious... Diba? Religious gathering, kag ang ano? Ang... ano ganyan? Interruption. 132 oh. is interruption of religious worship. Uh, uh, uh. 131 is prohibition, interruption, and dissolution of peaceful meetings. Uh, 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 uh. So, okay. So, meaning, hindi ka pwede ka interrupt or disturb performances. Basta in, uh, hindi ka included. Hindi siya included sa articles 131 and 132. Okay, may mm. laing na penalty. Pagain niya crime siya. Mm-hmm. Okay, Different penalty and crime. Commission of another crime during service of penalty imposed for another previous offense. Article 160. Commission of another crime during service of penalty imposed for another previous offense. Penalty. Besides the provisions of Rule 5 of Article 62, any person who shall commit a felony after having been convicted by final judgment before beginning to serve such sentence or while serving the same shall be punished by the maximum period of the penalty prescribed by law for the new felony. Any, any convict any convict of the class referred to in this article who is not a habitual criminal shall be pardoned at the age of 70 years if he shall have already served out his original sentence or when he shall complete it after reaching said age unless by reason of his conduct or other circumstances he shall not be worthy of such clemency. Article 160 provides for the so-called quasi-recidivism. Quasi-recidivism is a special aggravating circumstance where a person, after having been convicted by final judgment, shall commit a new felony before beginning to serve such sentence or while serving the same. He shall be punished by the maximum period of the penalty prescribed by law for the new felony. 
elements that the offender was already convicted by final judgment of one offense that he is committed that he committed a new felony before beginning to serve such sentence or while serving the same before beginning to serve such sentence a convict by final judgment for one offense may commit a new felony before beginning to serve his sentence for the first offense wait lang okay when the judgment of conviction of the lower court in the first offense having been affirmed by the appellate court and his commitment having been ordered, he committed the new felony while being taken to the prison or jail. Or while serving the same. The other case where Article 160 applies is when a convict, by final judgment, shall commit a new felony while serving his sentence for the first offense. Hence, if the offender committed a new felony after serving the sentence for the first offense, and both offenses are embraced in the same title of the code, he is an ordinary recidivist under Article 14, Paragraph 9 of the code because he did not commit the new felony before or while serving the sentence for the first offense. Second crime must be a felony. Note the use of the word felony in this article. The second crime must be a felony. Thus, if a prisoner serving sentence for one crime is found in possession of a firearm without license, this article does not seem to apply because the law punishing illegal possession of firearm is a special law. Must Article 10 be made to apply in this case? No. Article 160 speaks of the maximum period of the penalty prescribed by law for the new felony. The penalty prescribed by special law has no periods like the three periods of, the of a divisible penalty prescribed by the RPC. But the first crime for which the offender is serving sentence need not be a felony if no difference for purposes of the effect of quasi-recidivism under Article 160 of the Revised Penal Code whether the crime for which an accused is serving sentence at the same time of the commission of the offense charge falls under the said code or under a special law. The new offense need not be of different character from that of the former offense. The word another in the head note of Article 160 does not mean that the new felony which is committed by a person already serving sentence is different from the kind for which he is serving sentence. Hence, even if the new offense is murder and he is serving sentence for homicide, Article 160 applies. Quasi-recidivism does not require that the two offenses are embraced in the same title of the code. But Article 6, 160 does not seem to require that the offense for which the convict is serving sentence and the new felony committed while serving sentence are embraced in the same title of the code. Well, in recidivism in paragraph number 9 of Article 14, both the first and the second offenses must be embraced in the same title of the code. In quasi-recidivism, it is not required. So quasi-recidivism distinguished from reiteration. The aggravating circumstance of reiteration requires that the offender against whom it is considered shall have served out his sentences for prior offenses. Here, all the accused were yet serving their respective sentences at the time of the commission of the crime of murder. 
the special aggravating circumstance of quasi-recidivism was correctly considered against all the accused. Quasi-recidivism hmm. quasi cannot be offset by ordinary mitigating circumstances. The special aggravating circumstance of quasi-recidivism cannot be offset by any ordinary mitigating circumstance because Article 160 specifically provides that the offender shall be punished by the maximum period of the penalty prescribed by the law for the new felony. Granting that not only plea of guilty but voluntary surrender as well are present, these cannot alter the penalty of death since even without evident premeditation, Quasi-recidivism as a special aggravating circumstance raises the penalty to the maximum period of that prescribed by law for the new crime committed. Illustration of the application of penalty in quasi-recidivism. So suppose a convict serving sentence for serious physical injuries killed another prisoner with treachery and evident premeditation. Immediately, the convict surrendered to the guard and during the trial, he pleaded guilty to the charge of murder qualified by treachery. What penalty should be imposed upon such convict? Death penalty. Reason, because maximum pen of the penalty for murder is death. And the fact that there is one mitigating circumstance, plea of guilty, left, after accepting evident premeditation with the other mitigating circumstance, voluntary surrender, is of no consequence. Quasi-recidivism cannot be offset by ordinary mitigating circumstance. Note, but if the convict serving sentence is a minor under 16 years old, the penalty can be lowered by at least one degree. Minority is a privileged mitigating circumstance. A quasi-recidivist may be pardoned at the age of 70 years. The second paragraph of Article 160 provides that a quasi-recidivist shall be pardoned when he has reached the age of 70 years and has already served out his original sentence, or when he shall complete it after reaching said age, unless by reason of his conduct or other circumstances. He shall not be worthy of such clemency. Direct bribery, any public officer who shall agree to perform an act constituting a crime in connection with the performance of his official duties in consideration of any offer, promise, gift, or present received by such officer personally or through the mediation of another. <laughs> Excuse me shall suffer the penalty of prisión mayor in its medium and maximum periods and a fine of not less than the value of the gift and not less than three times the value of the gift in addition to the penalty corresponding to the crime agreed upon, if the same shall have been committed. If the gift was accepted by the officer in consideration of the execution of an act which does not constitute a crime, and the officer executed said act, he shall suffer the same penalty provided in the preceding paragraph. And if said act shall not have been accomplished, the officer shall suffer the penalties of prison correctional in its medium period 
in a fine of not less than twice the value of such gift. If the object for which the gift was received or promised was to make the public officer refrain from doing something which it was his official duty to do, he shall suffer the penalties of prision correctional in its maximum period to prison mayor in its minimum period and a fine of not less than three times the value of such gift. In addition to the penalties provided in the preceding paragraphs, the culprit shall suffer the penalty of special temporary disqualification. The provisions contained in the preceding paragraphs shall be made applicable to assessors, arbitrators, appraisal and claim commissioners, expert on any other persons performing public duties. Four, five. Acts punishable in direct bribery. A public officer commits direct bribery. One, by agreeing to perform or by performing in consideration of any offer, promise, gift, or present, an act constituting a crime in connection with the performance of his official duties. By accepting a gift in consideration of the execution of an act which does not constitute a crime in connection with the performance of his official duty. Three, by agreeing to refrain or by refraining from doing something which it is his official duty to do so in consideration of gift or promise. Elements of direct bribery. A, that the offender be a public officer within the scope of Article 203. I sorry, B, that the offender accepts an offer or a promise or receives a gift or present by himself or through another. C, that such offer or promise he accepted or gift or present received by the public officer, one, with a view to committing some crime or two, in consideration of the execution of an act which does not constitute a crime, but the act must be unjust or three to refrain from doing something which is which it is his official duty to do so that the act which the offender agrees to perform or which he executes be connected with the performance of his official duties first element the offender is a public officer the definition of public officers in article 203 is quite comprehensive, embracing as it does every public servant from the highest to the lowest. For the purpose of the penal code, it obliterates the standard distinction for in the law of public officers between officer and employee. For the purpose of punishing bribery, the temporary performance of public functions is sufficient to constitute a person a public officer. Applicable to assessor, assessors, arbitrators, appraisal, and claim commissioners, experts. One, two, three, four. The provisions of Article 210 are made applicable to assessors, arbitrators, appraisal, and claim commissioners, experts, or any other persons performing public duties. Or any other persons performing public duties. 
Does this phrase cover a private individual who, in consideration of a sum of money given to him, released a person under arrest and entrusted to his custody? It is believed that it is not applicable because the additional penalty of special temporary disqualification for bribery has no practical application to a private person. But a private individual may be disqualified from holding the office of assessor, arbitrator, appraisal, and claim commissioner or handwriting expert. Second element, gift is received personally or through intermediary. The gift or present may be received by the public officer himself or through a third person. Third person. Gift is either one, voluntary offered by a private person or two, solicited by a public officer. Bribery exists not only one, when the gift is offered voluntarily by a private person or two, when the gift is solicited by a public officer and the private uh, person voluntarily delivers it to the public officer, but also three, when the gift is solicited by a public officer as the consideration for his refraining from the performance of an official duty. And the private person gives the gift for fear of the consequence which would result if the officer performs his functions. Consequences. Huh? Hmm? Gift. Mayro anong ay? Ay asal lang kuya sa performing his functions. Ah, okay. Mm. Oh, sorry, sorry. Ako nagitman. Gift or present need not be actually received by the public officer as an accepted offer or promise of gift is sufficient. In the first paragraph of Article 210, the law uses the phrase in consideration of any offer, promise, etc. Hence, a promise of gift to a public officer who accepts such promise is sufficient. But in the second paragraph of Article 210, the law uses the phrase the gift was accepted by the officer. The words offer and promise are not used in the second paragraph. The offer of gift to promise must be accepted by the public officer. In case there is only an offer or gift or a promise to give something, the offer or the promise must be accepted by the public officer. If the offer is not accepted by the public officer, only the person offering the gift or present is criminally liable for attempted corruption of public officer under Article 212 in relation to Article 6. The public officer is not liable. The gift or present must have a value or be capable of pecuniary estimation. The thing offered or accepted may be money, property, services, or anything else of value. It must be of some value, but any value is sufficient. Any value. An agreement to reinstate a friend of a mayor who was dismissed 
provided the mayor would execute a certain act in connection with its official duty was held to be a bribe. But under the revised penal code, the fine, which is one of the penalties imposed for the commission of direct bribery, is based on the value of the gift. The reinstatement of the friend of the mayor seems to be not capable of pecuniary estimation. Okay. The third element, the three ways of committing direct bribery. The act to be performed by the public officer must constitute a crime in the first form of direct bribery. Via the volume 2, page 642 says that to constitute the crime of bribery of the first form, as provided in this article, four things are necessary. That the defendant be a public officer according to the meaning of this term in Article 401. That he has received either personally or through other gifts or presents or accepted offers or promises. That such reception of gifts or presence or acceptance of offers or promises has been for the purpose of executing a crime and that the act constituting the crime relates to the exercise of the office which the public officer discharges. I think most importantly, all, the, all this must concur. All this must concur. Uh, all this must concur. Promise. A promise to give gift to and a promise to commit an unlawful act by a public officer would be sufficient in direct bribery under the first paragraph of Article 210. It is sufficient that a promise or offer was made to the public officer to give him money if he would commit an unlawful act in connection with the performance of his official duties and that he agreed to commit the unlawful act in consideration of the promise or offer. Example, the stenographer of the court accepted a promise of 100 pesos from an individual and promised to alter the notes taken by him during the trial of a case. The act which the stenographer promised to, to do would constitute the crime of falsification under Article 171. It is not necessary that the evidence shows an express promise. It is sufficient if from all the circumstances in the case, such promise can be implied. The public officer to suffer the penalty corresponding to the crime agreed upon if the same shall have been committed. Thus, if the stenographer of the court who had accepted the promise of 100 pesos from an individual altered the notes in accordance with the agreement, he shall suffer in addition to the penalty corresponding to the crime of bribery, the penalty for the crime of falsification by a public officer or employee under Article 171 of the Code. The act which the public officer agrees to perform must be connected with the performance of official duties. The act which the public officer agreed to perform must be an act in discharge of his legal duty. For example, a municipal president who ordered the release of a prisoner upon receiving from the latter the sum of 20 pesos instead of obeying the orders of the provincial governor requiring him to send the prisoner to the provincial capital is guilty of direct bribery because having the prisoner under his charges, it was part of his official duty to obey the orders of the provincial governor in this respect. The act need not, however, 
be statutory duty. It is sufficient if the action to be affected by the bribe be part of the established procedures of a governmental agency. It is not bribery if the act is in discharge of a mere moral duty. The fact that the act agreed to be performed by the public officer is in excess of his power, jurisdiction, or authority is no defense. But if the act agreed to be performed is so foreign to the duties of the office as so to lack even color of authority, there is no bribery. It needs to be so foreign to the duties, not bribery. Okay. Direct bribery under the second paragraph of Article 210 has the same elements as those of direct bribery in the first paragraph, but the act intended by the public officer does not amount to a crime. In the crime of direct bribery defined in the second paragraph, there appear the same elements as those of the offense defined in the first paragraph, with the sole exemption that the act intended by the officer, although unjust, does not amount to crime. Mm -hmm. I'm going first, no? Right, second. Uh -oh. Okay. Examples of second form of direct bribery. Petitioner was a police surgeon. He directly received the bribe money in exchange for the recovery of a stolen cylinder tanks, which was not constituting a crime within the meaning of Article 210 of the Revised Penal Code. A BIR examiner who demanded and extorted a sum of money in consideration and in exchange for the release of the certification authorizing registration for the land purchased by private complainant is guilty of direct bribery. So then... <laughs> Ay. Wala, wala siya sa ako, no? Kasi ako nalabas, sa picturean ko lang. Karun. Mga examples, sino na, I think, importante yun eh. Um, number three, the treasurer who, in consideration of money or present, awards certain stalls in the public market to a Chinaman in spite of the fact that there are Filipinos who have better rights. The act of the treasurer is not a crime, but it is unjust. In the case of U.S. versus Gakutan, the bribery committed by the justice of the peace falls under this form of bribery because when he decided the case in favor of the party who gave him a female carabao worth 80 pesos without regard to the evidence, he executed an act which is not criminal for there was no evidence that the decision was unjust and that he knew it is to be unjust. The act he executed was unjust, for it certainly was an act of injustice to convict a person charged with a crime without regard to the to what the evidence is or evidence in the case may be. Mm. Act, the the act does not amount to a crime. Act does not amount to a crime, and it is connected with the performance of his duty. 
Thus, direct bribery is committed when police office officer directly received the bribe money in exchange for the recovery of stolen cylinder tanks. Damo mo ni Kagina? Oo. Oh. Amo ni ang, ang example number 1, 1. 2, 1. 1. Continue. Ako din yun lang ako. Uh, stolen cylinder tank, which was an act not constituting a crime, and his act of receiving money was connected with his duty as a police officer. In direct bribery under the second paragraph, is the mere promise to give a gift and a mere promise to execute an act not constituting a crime sufficient? Under the second paragraph of Article 210, if the gift was accepted by the public officer in consideration of, an, of the execution of an act which does not execute a crime, there are two penalties provided. One, pressure correctional in its minimum and medium periods and a fine of note less than I feel like it's a Latin note and a fine not less than the value of the gift and not more than three times of such value if the offender executed said act. Arresto mayor in its maximum period in a fine not less than the value of the gift and not more than twice of such value if said act shall not have been shall not have been accomplished. The word accomplished presupposes an overt act, an outward act done in pursuance and in manifestation of an intent or design. Brought to completeness, the act is not accomplished when the overt act is not brought to completeness. Hence, a mere agreement or promise on the part of the public officer to execute an act not constituting a crime is not a violation of the provision in the second paragraph of Article 210. Likewise, a mere promise to give a gift is not sufficient. The second paragraph of Article 210 was taken from Article 382 of the Old Penal Code, which punished any public officer who shall agree to commit any act of injustice not constituting a crime in connection with the exercise of the powers of his office in consideration of an offer or promise or any or of any gift or present the elimination of the phrase shall agree and the words of any offer or promise in the second paragraph of article 210 is not devoid of significance if the information does not allege whether the public officer ex executed the act or not, the case shall fall under paragraph 2 of Article 210, which distinguishes between the act which was executed and that which was not accomplished. Okay. Direct bribery under the third paragraph of Article 210. In this kind of direct bribery, the object for which the gifts is received or promised is to make the public officer refrain from doing something which is his official duty to do. Example of the third form of direct bribery. A sanitary inspector who accepts a gift from the tenant of an, an unsanitary building and in consideration thereof refrains from performing his duty to report its condition to his superiors is guilty of 
ate. Lain siya example nom. Pero okay lang nga, sige lang. Ayun, ayun ako hindi. Anyway, ipadayo na na lang. The public officer who instead of reporting on the derogatory information he has gathered against a suspect who had been spying on for communicis for communistic learning leanings agrees to refrain from doing his official duty in consideration of a sum of money is liable for bribery under paragraph 3 article 210 of the revised penal code so isikip na natin ang mga example ng iba first form of direct bribery is committed by uh, is committed if by refraining from doing an act the public officer commits a crime it must it must be noted that if the act of refraining from doing something which is the official duty of the officer constitutes a crime in itself the the bribery should not be punished under this paragraph but under paragraph 1 of article 210 such would happen if a public officer in violation of the duties of his office would for a gift or promise abstain from instituting an action for the punishment of an offense Note that the refraining constitutes the crime of prevarication and would and should therefore be punished under the third paragraph, but under the first paragraph of Article 210. Okay. So there are three paragraphs. Prevarication, distinguished from bribery. The third form of direct bribery is committed by refraining from doing something which pertains to the official duty of the officer. Prevariscacion is committed in the same way. In this regard, the two felonies are similar. But they differ in that bribery, the offender refrained from doing his official duty in consideration of a gift or promised. Or promise, Kuro. This element is not necessary in the crime of prevarication. 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 Refrain from doing something. Refrain from doing something. Refrain from doing something. Which pertains to the official duty. Negligence and tolerance. Negligence. Okay. Uh oh. Eh, wala ka nag-act something. Negligence, intolerant. Okay. In bribery, the gift or present must be given to the public officer to corrupt him. A. Akabeza, the barangay. Same sa inyo, hindi? B lang amon. A B lang galing. Akabeza, the barangay and barrio lieutenant accepts accepted cocks, hens, bamboo, and other articles under promise to relieve the persons from whom he had obtained them of the obligation to perform certain duties. Held, this is not bribery, but estafa by means of deceit, because the things were given to him by the taxpayers not to corrupt him and to induce him to omit the performance of his duty, but were demanded by him. Note, it is estafa because by promising the people that they would be relieved of the obligation to perform certain duties, the accused pretended to propose pro to possess authority to do so. 
Direct bribery is a crime involving moral turpitude. Moral turpitude can be inferred from the third element. The fact that the offender agrees to accept a promise or gift and deliberately commits an unjust act or refrains from performing an official duty in exchange for some favors denotes a malicious intent on the part of the offender to renege on the duties which he owes his fellow men and society in general. Also, the fact that the offender takes advantage of his office and position is a betrayal of the trust reposed on him by the public. It is a conduct clearly contrary to the accepted rules of right and duty, justice, honesty, and good morals. In all respects, direct bribery is a crime involving moral torpitude. Article 211. Indirect bribery, the penalties of prison correctional in its medium and maximum periods, suspension and public censure shall be imposed upon any public officer who shall accept gifts offered to him by reason of his office. Ano ang punishment sa imo? Um, prison correctional in medium and maximum period. Oh, <laughs> ang layo. Oh, picturean ko lang mas... na siya. Oh, picturean ko san kasi. Amended na. Layo ginoms. Oh, gani, aresto mayor, oh my gosh. Sige, before taguro mag-end. Amin yung kay matulog ko aga, kay 7 AM ko gani ko class. Katalaka. Oh. Twice na ko nag-absent. Hindi ko makita. Dali lang Noms, noms. Yes, yes. Ang mga cases, ano siya gani ng direct bribery? Elements. Ay, siya lang ko si Mom. Saan ko si Mom naman bago nga... Ah, oh, sige, sige. Ang updated nga provision to 11. Elements. Ako na lang mabasa. Elements. That the offender is a public officer. Two. That he accepts gifts. And three that the said gifts are offered to him by reason of his office. A public officer, gift is usually given to the public officer in anticipation of future favor from the public officer. A public officer should not accept any gift offered to him because such gift is offered in anticipation of future favor from him. Such gift received now will in the future corrupt him or make him omit the performance of his official duty. Aragarao, direct bribery distinguished. Then. The page 467. Line, bisa akan. Ano, na, wala pa. Example. 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 Wala pa, next page pa lang. Pasak ko lang, game lang. Ah, example. Oh, sige. Example of indirect bribery. A veterinarian on the board of health entrusted with the duty of examining mules which were offered for sale to the government received a certain amount of money from the vendor of mules after the latter had received from the government the purchase price of the mule sold. There was no evidence to the effect that the money was given for the purpose of preventing the veterinarian from doing or inducing him 
to do something pertaining to his office to his officer he accepted the gift offered to him by reason of his office who shall accept gifts offered to him will there be indirect bribery if the public if a public officer accepts a promise of gifts made to him by reason of his office article 211 does not use the word promise but the phrase shall accept gifts the essential ingredient of direct bribery as defined in 211 of the revised penal code is that the public officer concerned must have accepted the gift or material consideration there must be a clear intention on the part of the public officer to take the gift so offered and consider the same as his own property from then on, such as putting away the gift or safekeeping or pocketing the same. Mere physical receipt, unaccompanied by any other sign, circumstance, or act to show such acceptance is not sufficient to lead the court to conclude that the crime of indirect bribery has been committed. To hold otherwise will encourage unscrupulous individuals to frame up public officers by simply putting within their physical custody some gift, money, or other property. There is no attempted or frustrated indirect bribery. Indirect bribery has no attempted or frustrated stage of execution because it is committed by accepting gifts offered to the public officer by reason of his office. If he does not accept the gifts, he does not commit the crime. If he accepts the gifts, it is consummated. <laughs> so, if food, if food, pwede na accounted sa indirect bribery. My gosh. Yes. There must be a clear intention on the part of the public officer to keep, uh, to take the gift mm -hmm. so offered and consider the same as his own property from then on. So, do an animus possidente gani? So, i-keep mo siya. Mm -hmm. So, kinbutang mo lang sa table ni Nomer, isa sa frame up. But yung kin-keep mo siya, that's indirect bribery. Okay, next. Ako na, no? Ako na. Direct bribery, uh -huh. distinguished from indirect bribery. Ari, nagaling yun ang mga itatang distinction, no? In both crimes, the public officer receives the gift. That's a rush. Number two, rush. Public officer receives the gift. While in direct bribery, there is an agreement between the public officer and the giver of the gift or present. In indirect bribery, usually no such agreement exists. Number three, in direct bribery, the offender agrees to perform or performs an act or refrains from doing something because of the gift or promise in or gift or promise. In indirect bribery, it is not necessary that the officer should do any particular act or even promise to do an act. 
as it is enough that he accepts gifts offered to him by reason of his office. Okay. So, three points of um, distinction. Tapusan ta lang ni Adap, tapos na Considered indirect bribery, even if there was a sort of an there was a sort of an agreement between the public officer and giver of the gift. P was an employee of Manila Health Department assigned to prepare and follow up vouchers of the employees who were laid off. Knowing that P was to be laid off, P offered B to prepare his voucher for accumulated and terminal leave pay on condition that the latter would give the former 50 pesos to which B agreed. When B received his pay, he gave P the sum of 50 pesos. Held, P was without any right whatsoever to receive 50 pesos for his services because he was an employee of the government assigned to do the work he performed for B. The accused was found guilty of indirect bribery. Indirect. Distinguish indirect bribery from direct bribery under the second paragraph of Article 210. The case of People versus Pamplona might be mistaken for a case of direct bribery under the second paragraph because there was an agreement between the public officer and the giver of the gift and that act which the public officer executed did not constitute a crime. But indirect bribery under the second paragraph of Article 210 the act executed must be unjust. In the Pamplona case, the act executed by the accused was not unjust. Receiving gift, receiving of gifts by public officials and employees and giving of gifts by private persons on any occasion, including Christmas, is punishable. <laughs> okay. The President of the Philippines has made it punishable for any public official or employee, whether of the national or local governments, to receive directly or indirectly, and for private persons to give or offer to give any gift, present, or other valuable thing on any occasion, including Christmas, when such gift, present, or other valuable thing is given by reason of his official position, regardless of whether or not the same is for past favor or favors or the giver hopes or accept, expects to receive a favor or better treatment in the future from the public official or employee concerned in the discharge of his official functions. Included within the prohibition is the throwing of parties or entertainments in honor of the official or employee or of his immediate relatives. For violation of this degree, decree, the penalty of imprisonment for not less than one year nor more than five years and perpetual disqualification from public office shall be imposed. The official or employee concerned shall likewise be subject to administrative disciplinary action and if found guilty shall be meted out the penalty of suspension or removal depending on the seriousness of the offense. Any provision of law executive order or rule or regulation or circular inconsistent with this decree is hereby repealed or modified accordingly. Criminal penalty of imprisonment is distinct from the administrative penalty of separation from judicial service. The court is constrained to disapprove the recommendation as to the 
as to the first charge of indirect bribery, which is fully supported by the evidence that respondent judge be suspected from the office, uh, be suspended from the office for two years and four months, taking into consideration the penalty prescribed in the revised penal code. Chuck to ang punishment. Ah, ah. Ah, okay. The penalty of two years and four months imprisonment provided for the criminal offense of indirect bribery may not be equated with the penalty of separation from the judicial service, which is the proper applicable administrative penalty by virtue of respondent judges serious misconduct prejudicial to the judiciary and the public interest. Hmm? 